Hi there, welcome to another edition of Central Indiana Today. My name is Shane Ray, the host, and uh, this week we have a unique show for you. First off, we're going to be talking with Carol Battistini. She's going to be talking with us about the Come Sit Stay. It's a fundraiser for the Hendricks County Humane Society. And uh, that's our uh, nonprofit spotlight, of course, and that's underwritten by the Republican newspaper here in Hendricks County. Also, we're going to be talking with Donna Ringer of the Eagle Creek Ornithology Center. Now, this is an interview we did in October. It was uh, when they were talking about Owl Fest, but uh, she had some good things to talk about concerning owls and what goes on there for the next Owl Fest, in case you're interested, as well as the Eagle Creek Ornithology Center. And then finally, sad news to report, in case you haven't heard, uh, our friend Rick Myers, who uh, was a publisher of the Hendricks County Icon, as well as the Hendricks County Business Leader, has passed away. But the good news is the papers are continuing. Now, Rick did an interview with us uh, a few years ago, as a matter of fact, and this is uh, back when Rob Kendall, who is now with WIBC, was the host of this show. And so we would like to replay that interview with uh, Rick in tribute. And this rebroadcast has the blessing of Rick's wife, Kathy. So stay right where you are. For Central Indiana Today on 98.9 FM and WYRZ.org. Central Indiana Today. Shane Ray talks with the newsmakers in and around Hendricks County. And now your host, Shane Ray. In the studio with me, we have our good friend, Miss Carol Battistini. How is Carol today? Well, I'm doing very well. Thank you. Well, good. Glad to hear that. Uh, now, you've been with us before. Uh, I don't know. Did we talk about this event or just uh, just the Hendricks County Humane Society in, in general? In general, we talked about the Hendricks County Humane Society. Yeah, exactly. Well, guess what you're here to talk about now? It's the Hendricks County Humane Society. <laughs> Great. <laughs> something you know well. Uh, of course, specifically, uh, there's something going on, which we'll get into in just a bit. But first, uh, let's remind everyone about the Hendricks County Humane Society. Uh, it's it's uh, where, where is the location? Uh, we're located at 3033 East Main Street in Danville. And what, what, what are we talking about as far as hours and things like that? We currently are not open any set hours. We are open by appointment only uh, in order to use most of our donor dollars on programs. Uh, we don't have, we have one part-time staff person and we want to focus her time on helping run our programs. So uh, we are open by appointment only. We can serve our public in a better way because we're more flexible. Right. And something that, that we need uh, the listeners to keep in mind is one of the reasons you're, that, that your hours are like that, your your staff is like that, is because you're a nonprofit. We are a nonprofit. Yes. Thanks for reminding folks of that, Shane. And before I forget, thank you for having me on. Oh. <laughs> uh, I don't want to forget that because we appreciate uh, the opportunity. But yes, we are a nonprofit, so we're dependent on the public funding 
uh, and uh, donations, grants, and that sort of thing. Uh, we get no taxpayer dollars. Uh, and in Hendricks County, which some folks might not re- know, right. we have a county shelter and county animal control. Yeah. And that is funded by our taxpayer dollars and is overseen by a wonderful shelter director and the county commissioners oversee of the ultimate oversight to that organization. They do a super job on taking in surrenders and finding homes for them and the animal control, enforcing the ordinances to make sure that our animals or pets are cared for properly. Yeah, and that's uh, something I, I'm glad you pointed those out because a lot of people don't know the difference between the two or they think that uh, you are funded by taxpayer dollars. They get it all mixed up. And it's just not the case. And I know that, um, of course, our family has donated uh, goods, if you will, dog food, mm-hmm. cat food, toys, that kind of stuff uh, to the Humane Society. And, right. Uh, and we need those things. One of our our main focus, uh, if... Uh, if you will, is to keep animals in their homes, mm-hmm. to keep them out of the shelter. So we fo- we focus on spay-neuter uh, to end pet overpopulation. We're focusing on ordinances. We're currently working on updating the Hendricks County ordinances to uh, help folks be more responsible, to understand not leaving a dog tied out 24-7 and, and other things like that, and particularly in the cold and hot temperatures. So we're working on those ordinances. We have a pet food pantry so that people that are in need can come and get pet food so they don't have to make that tough choice of where do I spend the money on the rent or on feeding my animals so I can keep my animals. We yeah. don't want them to have to surrender them to the shelter. We also have a pet owner assistance program so we can help with medical expenses. And that's anything from needing flea meds, needing heartworm meds, or uh, other unexpected expenses as well. Uh, and we also have a community cat program to help in the overpopulation of unowned cats, strays and ferals that um, can overpopulate areas very quickly because they're not spayed or neutered. So right. we have volunteers who will go in and help uh, caretakers with trapping, humane trapping, and getting them spayed or neutered, and then returning them if they have a safe place and they have caretakers, or pulling kittens out and finding homes for them. Mm. Uh, this year, we're on track to fund through pet owners and community cats over 800 spay neuters of Hendricks County cats and dogs this year. Wow. This takes a lot of money, yeah, which is why we are going to be doing a fundraiser this November. November, exactly. Uh, before we get into that, uh, as we get in closer to the holidays, uh, I see this a lot, but it, it really can't be said enough. It's usually, I'm not going to say always, but usually animals, especially the puppies and kids and stuff, don't always make great presents for the kids, right? That's true. Uh as many people understand, a adoption of a puppy or a kitten is a lifelong yeah. uh, commitment uh, to that animal. You know, they may live 10, 15, or more years, we hope. Mm-hmm. So uh, the decision should be made outside of a holiday. Mm-hmm. Maybe right now you may be thinking about, is our family situation, our lifestyle conducive to having a puppy or a kitten? then look into that for maybe it's a holiday gift. But uh, please consider all of your lifestyle past the holiday because that is 
it, it is very difficult on the puppies and the kittens yeah. to just have them surrendered back. Exactly. And now we're hopefully, fingers crossed, easing out of a pandemic now. And I heard so many stories about people uh, either uh, having to surrender their pets thanks to a loss of a job or something like that, or... The flip side of that is they wanted to keep their pet, but they couldn't afford food and or mm -hmm. medicine or things like that. And that's, uh, well, first off, did you see a, uh, any kind of changes there during the pandemic? We did. We were fortunate that we were able to adjust our operation so that we could help those that needed pet food. And we've continued it because it seems to work out very well for our participants. We just do a once a week porch pickup. Uh, so we've kind of continued on. Uh, what we were doing during the COVID shutdown. Mm -hmm. And we did see an uptick in people needing that pet food, and we were happy to be able to do that. We had a lot of great community support in donating the pet food for us, so we could always have a good supply on hand. And that's where the board actually expanded our pet owner assistance to go beyond just unexpected medical cases or emergencies for their pets, but the basic needs. So if someone was having struggles and we don't require any proof or anything. You just call and say, I need some help, and, and we'll help you as best we can. Yeah. Uh, I meant to say this when we were talking about the holidays. What the, One thing you can do that's a great present, and I didn't even think of this, but uh, someone in my family is such an animal lover. She wanted for uh, her Christmas and uh, or her birthday, maybe it was maybe it was both or the one or the other, <laughs> but... She said, uh, go out and buy a bunch of dog food mm. and cat food and some pet toys and bring them to me so that I can take them to uh, to the Humane Society. And that's a great gift for somebody. It is. It's a lot of fun for the individual who's getting all that. It's fun for the gift givers as mm -hmm. well. And then obviously we love to see that come into our building because then we know that we're going to be giving that out. Uh, to pet owners, we also work with rescues. If we get a lot of food in or certain kinds of food that we know that the rescues need because we don't run an adoption program for dogs, we do have a program for the kittens, but uh, we'll try to move that on. Any, any donations we get that we can't use, we will see that they go to a rescue so they can still be used to help animals. Yeah, now exactly all of that takes time, takes uh, money. So uh, let's talk about money, if you will. Uh, fundraiser coming up. This is uh, no, in November. Uh, actually, I put my glasses back on. November 12th. It is come, sit, and stay. Wine, beer, and spirits tasting. Now, where is this the, the uh, whose idea was to come, sit, and stay? <laughs> is that the one that's been around for a while? Yeah, that, uh, a volunteer, uh, BJ. Uh, I'll call her out because she came up with that idea several about uh, several years ago. Yeah, and it just kind of stuck because it seems to make sense, and I think people uh, find it humorous. Yeah, it is. Uh, and we've, uh, my wife and I, have been to a few of them. We haven't unfortunately been able to go to everyone, but uh, we are going to be at this one. We bought tickets for this, and let's tell everyone what they can expect at the come sit stay. Uh, wine, beer, and spirit tasting, the fundraiser for the Human Hendricks County Humane Society. Well, it's a fun event. Of course, we're going to say that. Not only a fundraiser, but we will have uh, 10 distributors that will be providing 
wine, a variety of wines, uh, spirits, as well as beers. Uh, this year, we are fortunate to have a co-chair of Luke Stevenson, who's a Danville native. Oh, yeah. And he is the uh, fine wine director of Crown Liquors. Mm. So we're partnered with Crown Liquors to do the tasting. Luke will, in fact, be selecting the items that will be sampled, and he'll be at the event so he can chat with folks about all of his knowledge of wines, particularly as well as the spirits and the beers. Um, we are also fortunate this year to have a title sponsor of Remax uh, Advanced Realty, and they have uh, generously donated quite a bit to help us. They also did a food drive for us this year and brought in a big pickup load full of food for our pet food pantry. So we're pleased with that. So guests can come and mingle around to taste the different things, whatever they're interested in. If they're not interested in anything, we have uh, uh, plenty of entertainment that they can enjoy as well. We'll have a strolling magician that'll go around to the tables and fascinate folks with his tricks. Uh, we have a numerologist that will be there to give you some insight into your past or future uh, by reading some dates of your life. And uh, we'll have some background music. We'll have a silent auction that'll probably have at least 60 or 70 items that will be great things for gifts for the Christmas season uh, or things for yourself, experiences, and so on and so forth. So uh, we see uh, people having a lot of fun because also we do not have a set program. So you come and you do what you want. You come and go. Uh, we don't have you sit and listen to speakers. Uh, we encourage you to talk to volunteers so you know what we're spending our money on that you're, we're raising from you. But uh, it's just a fun time. Yeah, I, I agree. And uh, we're going to have fun. Now, here's a little trivia for you, in case you didn't know. We are just celebrating our sixth anniversary of the radio station. And the show that's actually been on before we even flipped the switch for the FM, we were just streaming online with this show, Central Indiana Today. Guess who the very first guest was? Luke Stevenson. Luke Stevenson. That's right. <laughs> How was, about that? That was back during his political days uh, and yes. uh, doing some uh, work there yes. in, in Danville. So yeah. Uh, There'll be a quiz on that later, so make sure you remember that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. And now, my understanding is right now, the, the tickets are gone. Is that right? They are. We are very, very blessed and just so thankful for the community support. Uh, many businesses stepped up and have been sponsors, and along with being a sponsor, they were able to get a table to bring, whether they're bringing employees to show employees appreciation for all the hard work that they're having to put in, even more so these times, uh, as well as their clients. Uh, so yes, as of, uh, a day yesterday, we just can't find any more seats. Uh, the events at the CRG event center in Plainfield, and they do a wonderful job of, of doing so many things for us as being a, basically a volunteer organization. And the fundraiser is totally volunteer, uh, driven. They, uh, their staff help us so much. So we've enjoyed being them being our hosts for a couple or th this will be our third year there. Yeah. Now, um, we want to make sure first off, everyone is over 18 is that, or 21. Uh, over 21. Sorry, yes. yes. 21. <laughs> and, uh, if you wanted to go this time and you couldn't just remember it next time, because you hold it about the same time every year. That's correct. And so, uh, next year, get those tickets early, right. but 
little consolation is uh, they're not left out in the dark just yet. Tell them what's what That's else right. is going on. That's right. You can still support the event by uh, going to our website and, and looking at our online auction, uh, silent auction. So that will open up for bidding on uh, Tuesday, November the 9th, and it will close along with the event at 9.30 on November, Friday, November the 12th. So you, if you go to our website, there'll be a, a, a button to click on for the online auction. You can get registered for that. And you can bid away, and you won't even have to get out outside of your home. You oh. can stay in your comfy sweats or whatever. Or whatever. <laughs> As what we're used to. Your birthday your, your, suit. Your co- COVID wear. <laughs> and enjoy uh, bidding on items. And that will raise money for the Humane Society as well. And what is that website? It is HendricksHumane.org. Yep. And now there's also a, a Facebook page, right? For uh, yes. the society? Yes. You can look up Hendricks County Humane Society to find our Facebook page. Is there also an events page? There is. Yeah, I thought so. Yes. Okay, so, so you can also go there and check stuff out. Yes. And then all through the year long after this is over, you'll be happy to take donations, whether it's uh, goods or cash, right? That's right. <laughs> goods or cash. They all go to help the animals, and we always need volunteers as well. We are Our tagline is a voice for the animals. So if you want to volunteer to... As we like to say, get your fingers in the fur. Our organization probably isn't a good fit for you for that. There are the shelter or the rescues would love to have your volunteer time. We are looking for folks who are um, have a passion for kind of getting at the root of the problem. Mm-hmm. And that's about helping us raise money to fund 800. And our next year's goal will be 1,000 spay-neuter surgeries for dogs and cats and in, in, in Henry's County and to work with the community cat program to help with trapping cats, transporting them to the spay neuter clinic. We need help with our pet food pantry to fill the orders, to collect donated food. Uh, so there are things that are really directly helping animals in need, but you don't, you don't leave with uh, hair attached to your clothes. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> okay, and if you missed any of that information, you can give me a call here at the radio station, 317-852-1610. If I don't know the answer, I'll get you in touch with Carol. She'll help you out ASAP, right? I certainly will. All right, did we cover everything? I think we did. So come sit, stay to our silent auction if you don't have tickets. Excellent. Carol, thanks for being our guest today. You're welcome, and thanks for having me. And as I said, our interview with Carol Benestini of the Hendricks County Humane Society is our nonprofit spotlight this month, and that is underwritten by the Republican newspaper. Finding out what your town council, school board, or county commissioners are up to can be accomplished with the Republican newspaper in Danville. Started in 1847, they've been providing local news, sports, features, and more. Subscribing to the paper is possible by calling 317-745-2777, and they can be followed on Facebook by searching for The Republican. Now, as I said, our next guest is Donna Reiner of Eagle Creek Ornithology. And when this interview was recorded and originally played during the Drive Home Show on WYRZ, they were getting ready for Owl Fest. But we thought you might like to know a little bit about Owl Fest and a little bit about Eagle Creek uh, Ornithology Center. So, without further ado, here is Ms. Donna Reiner. Now, on the phone with me, it's Donna Reiner. She is the naturalist 
at the Eagle Creek Ornithology Center, and there are lots of things going on. Something big tomorrow, of course, which we'll be talking about in just a second. But first, I want to say, how is Donna? Shane, thanks for having me today. I am great. It's a beautiful Friday, and we're really looking forward to Owl Festival starting tomorrow. Well, that's what it's all about. Owl Festival. Explain to us, uh, I'll tell you what, let's start with you. Explain to us exactly what uh, an, an ornithology or a naturalist at an ornithology center does. Sure. So in my role as a naturalist, I am uh, responsible for organizing environmental education programs for all ages. Um, I am in charge of Owl Festival this year, so we're fundraising, we're promoting the event, making sure that people are uh, connecting with nature and building empathy with the natural world. So as a naturalist, my job is just to have fun in nature and make sure people are connecting with the environment. And of course, all of this is taking place at the Eagle Creek Ornithology Center at uh, 6515 DeLong Road. Did I get that right? Yeah, you did. All right. Now, tell us exactly what's going on tomorrow. I mean, we've said Owl Fest, but what can we expect? Yeah, so our Owl Festival, this is the sixth one we've ever had. It's an annual event celebrating nocturnal hunters here in Indiana, the owl. Um, We have live animal programs. We have crafts and games. We're going to have a campfire with s'mores and live music for the first time ever. Uh, So we're going to have a silent auction as well as different ways that you can connect with nature, whether that be through crafts or meeting uh, animal ambassadors. So from Saturday, starting at 10 a.m. all the way to 7 p.m., you can, you know, paint pumpkins, make crafts. It's fun for the whole family. And then from Sunday at 1 to 5 p.m., your same events are going on all day. Wow. Now, we were out there, uh, it's been a few years now anyway, and we got to see some of the birds that were out there as well as um, the presentations and um, some of the, uh, the things inside the, um, the building there where you have things on display. And I assume most, if not all of that, will uh, still be there? Yeah, absolutely. People will be able to walk into the Ornithology Center. We are requiring masks in the building uh, to view our exhibit hall. You can view our silent auction. We'll have scavenger hunts inside. People can dissect owl pellets and learn about owls from the inside out. Uh, you can also expect uh, all of the live music to happen between 5 and 7 p.m. outside. So if you want to roast us more and come listen to some live music, um, we have all of our the buildings open and everything will be going on all day. Uh, it's free with park admission. Oh, that is perfect. Now, uh, we do want to remind everyone, yeah, it is free. And Alfest is, uh, or rather, the um, Eagle Creek Ornithology Center, it is a nonprofit. Now, you mentioned the uh, silent auction a little earlier. Tell me a little bit about that. Shane, we have over 72 items in our silent auction, including a um, tickets to Newfields Art Museum, the Indianapolis Zoo. Uh, we have different handmade crafts and goods, as well as all nature-themed artwork, including some glass art made by a former camp counselor, um, nest boxes, all fun things, and all different price ranges, too. So, um, people are bidding on them all through Sunday at 5 p.m. the 17th, and then winners will be, will be announced, and you can pick up your item at the Ornithology Center. Okay, now, um, uh, you have a link to see some of those items, I understand. Would that also be on your Facebook page? Yeah, and we also, there's an easier link, uh, I can tell you right now, it's ecpf.in slash owlfest, so that's Eagle Creek Park Foundation dot Indiana slash owlfest. 
and you can also find that on Facebook. Um, but with so many items, people are getting really excited about it, and there's already a lot of bids going on. All right, awesome. And they can, and if they want to know what's going on with uh, Eagle Creek Park altogether, they can go to eaglecreekpark.org and get more information. Correct? Absolutely. And there's also uh, we're selling T-shirts and canvas bags for Elfest that they can buy on the Eagle Creek Park Foundation website. And that's just eaglecreekpark.org, and then you can go to the foundation side and shop. Okay, excellent. Uh, is there anything else that's coming up soon that uh, we need to know about, or within the next year for that matter? Yeah, well, we have amazing programs going on all the time. Uh, in November, we have a campfire cooking demonstration, so you can register for that on indieparks.org. That's, we're trying to teach people that there's more to cook over a campfire than just hot dogs and s'mores. We also have accessible and inclusive birding hikes. So those are all ADA trails and accessible to all ages and abilities. You can sign up for that as well on IndyParks.org. And there's just a ton of fun going on at all of our Indy Parks. We want to make sure people are getting outside, even through the fall and winter, because, you know, nature is for everybody, and it's absolutely beautiful out in Indiana. Oh, yeah, totally agree. All right, once again, all of that information, of course, is on their Facebook page as well as at eaglecreekpark.org. And all the things that go on at Eagle Creek can be uh, checked out at eaglecreekpark.org as well as their Facebook page. Donna, I certainly do appreciate you being our guest today. Shane, thank you so much for having me, and I look forward to seeing you and everyone there at OWL Festival. Now, as I said earlier, this interview you're about to hear was originally broadcast in August of 2016. Uh, it was uh, Rob Kendall, who was the host of the show of the, at the time, Central Indiana Today, and he was interviewing Rick Myers, who is the publisher of the Hendricks County Icon and the Hendricks County Business Leader. And Rick passed away not long ago at all. And uh, with the blessing of Kathy, his wife, we wanted to bring this interview back for you to listen to and tribute to our friend Rick Myers. Welcome into another edition of Central Indiana Today here on 98.9 WIRZ. I'm Rob Kendall. Thanks for joining us on the program today. We are going to talk about covering Hendricks County. We're going to talk with one of the guys that does it amongst the best. His name is Rick Myers, publisher of the Hendricks County Icon, as well as the business leader. Rick, how's it going? It's going great, Rob. Uh, okay, so tell us a little bit about your background, because you do these two really great newspapers. Uh, I'm just curious how you kind of got into this field. Well, I got into it uh, really at an early age in high school. I had an opportunity to work for the Indianapolis Star, and uh, actually started out uh, there in mail service, which simply meant that I... Uh, delivered mail from on weekdays from about three to six with a few other people I sorted mail took it around all the different departments and then on Saturday mornings I would go in at six o'clock in the morning and I'd leave at six o'clock at night I was by myself the first thing I do would go down to the main post office which is across the street from Lucas Oil and pick up about three or four bags of mail sort them out and um, just be there um, to deliver mail and back in the day that's when they would get these ad slicks and tubes and you know all this stuff it was amazing all the stuff that I was handling and, and really probably didn't at that point know how much money I was handling <laughs> because these ads were going for just a tremendous amount of money right. back 
you know back in the uh, in the in the late seventies and early eighties. Um, how do you make the transition? At some point, you say, "Hey, there is a need for." Uh, Bi-monthly, or in, in this case, several times a month with all your with your both your publications for Hendricks County. When do you make that sort of leap and decision to say, "Hey, we're going to go ahead and do a, a great local newspaper"? Well, I had some. Uh, of course, I had some background in the Hendricks County market. Um, I was uh, editor and publisher of the Flyer Group. Uh, started that in two thousand. Left in two thousand one. Um, really good people I enjoyed the people I worked with but um, I just didn't feel like I was going to be able to make some of the changes that I wanted to make and I it came to a point in my life and I'm I always knew I had this entrepreneurial spirit but it came a, a point in my life where I thought you know I can do some of this and I was actually blessed early on my first job was with my partner my business partner now who is extremely entrepreneurial he actually launched the Greenwood Gazette back in 1986, so I guess almost 30 years ago in October. And I was in on that, and I understood what was what was necessary in launching products. Um, fast forward to about 1996, 1997, I joined uh, Brian, Brian Kelly, uh, again uh, with Thompson Newspapers, which eventually bought the flyer, and that's what how I ended up over here. But we worked in niche publications and we we basically uh, uh, produced new products for that company in in Indiana or certainly in the metro Indianapolis market uh, again our guest is Rick Myers he's the publisher of the Henry's County icon as well as the business leader um, starting a new business is scary I mean I'm sure whether you start a lemonade stand or a cookie shop or whatever much less a business that involves I'm going to guess hundreds of thousands of dollars of ink and printing and all these sort of things what goes into what sort of background did you do what sort of research did you do to say hey there there is a market for another newspaper here at Hendricks County well I'll just go back to, to launching the business leader almost 11 years ago uh, and one of one of really the, the proudest um uh, endeavors I think professionally I've ever taken on. I I got that idea coming back from spring break trip in uh, 2005, and the whole way back driving I was just thinking I'm going to do this. And what happened was I then met um, actually Tom Downer, the Avon Chamber, pitched my idea to Tom. Tom said, "Hey, uh, I, I like this. Why don't we bring the other chamber directors on board?" And pitched it to them. Next thing I know. They've got a meeting for me at Prestwick amongst potential advertisers. And I really gauged at that point how we might be able to do this. And I remember having this meeting. It was in June of 05. And I remember everybody walking out saying, well, we might do it. We might. And I remember leaving kind of feeling a little bummed. About an hour later, I'm driving on College Avenue downtown. I get this phone call from the marketing director of then Lincoln Bank. And this individual says, hey, I understand there's a, a, a new business publication come out. She says, I want the back page for a year. And I almost ran off the road. <laughs> and and it seemed like, Rob, from then, it, it just it, it was like sports momentum, okay? Yeah. It was just like in a matter of, I mean, I had this thing launched really in two months. And, and, and many of these people have been with me with that product ever since. And then, really, to answer your question, 
shortly after the business leader, I had all these people coming up to me and uh, asking me if I would consider uh, doing a uh, publishing a, uh, a consumer title. So that's what got us thinking really about the icon. Uh, it's funny because you do such a you your staff do such a great job of not just being a newspaper but involved in the community you have these cover parties you're out places it's obvious that's something you really put an emphasis on is being entrenched in the community not just the paper being distributed Uh, absolutely i don't know how you survive if you don't have some sort of personality now there might be folks that would would argue Rick's got no personality at all, <laughs> but I mean, you you have to bring some personality to the mix, and I think that's what's really hurt a lot of small, uh, smaller newspapers. So many publishers, I think, are content being in their corner offices and not being out. They don't want to go to chamber meetings. They don't want to do all the things on the weekend nights that they have to do, and and and. I look at it as an honor. It's 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 been just a tremendous amount of fun for myself and for um, for Kathy. I think newspaper and radio. It's interesting we're doing this together because newspaper and radio are a lot alike from the standpoint of. I think big papers are in trouble. I think big radio is in trouble. But I think community radio and community papers will always have a strong backing and will always have a, a following in some capacity. Rob, there's no question. I mean, we we. Um, have probably we being small community newspapers radio uh, at at your level we've never been in a better position and i think that's where we just need to continue to be smart in how we approach this and we've got to be accessible to the public and to to the people that we serve that's why we've got to be out of our offices. Okay, uh, take me through how you decide what's going to be. And I guess we'll just start with uh, with the, the the business leader because uh, I just went to the cover party that you had the other night. Great event as always. Um, how do you decide who you're going to cover? As far as a cover, yeah. The, uh, well, because that's know, a big deal. Yeah, to be on the yeah, cover. yeah. And I'll tell you, I'll, I'll be real honest. In fact, I was talking to somebody the other day. You know, we've done now eleven of these, so uh, eleven years times twelve. Do the number. And probably in that mix, we've probably had uh, certainly at least two handfuls of of covers that probably would not have been covers. Right. Had I had anything to do about (laughs) it. I mean, sometimes, you know, sometimes you think, but really what I'm trying to look for, um, for the cover, Rob, are people who I think have excelled in in their line of business, but they have also... um, excelled as a community person right so if it and certainly if if they have those two things going for them it's probably a lot more likely that they're going to be on the cover it's probably flattering for you because when you go to the uh, cover parties this is a huge deal for these people Mm -hmm. like they get up they give a speech you know you present them with a very nicely framed uh copy of of their magazine um cover it's probably pretty cool to go, man, I have really impacted this this person's life. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, absolutely. And, and the, interesting that you point that out. So you're very perceptive. That's what I do. You're very perceptive. Um, yeah, I always thought of this as sort of like from a business standpoint. I don't know if you remember the show, This Is Your Life. Right. You, you know, this, and I wish, I, quite honestly, I wish these folks would take more advantage of in, inviting right. people that... Um, that are dear to them, you know, staff people, even people that may have worked for them 
years ago. I wish they would bring them to this, and, and maybe we need to do a better job of articulating that you should do this. But, yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I'm always flattered, and, and I just love the business story. That's why I wanted to do, to do the business story. I always felt in this market that, that business was um, something that we needed to promote more, report more about, because how many times do we go down the street and we look at a building and we wonder, what's going on right. there? Yeah. Who's behind that operation? Yeah. And I hope and I and I think that the business leaders provided a way to at least let people see that. Now, there's a whole other level of the business leader that I think I think now we've become maybe, you know, at eleven years old, we're going into preteens <laughs> life here. And we need to kind of figure I mean, I think there's there's more to this. Right. Uh, I'm, but I'm trying to get my uh, my arms around what that is. One of the challenges for me, and I'm sure you have the, the same thing, is to us, it's it, on some level, it's a job. So when I have somebody come in and do an interview, and I'm talking a, a community person who normally doesn't get exposure, to us it's just, hey, we got to do this interview, let's get it done, it's cool, it's nice to meet that person, interview them, talk about whatever great community thing they have going on, boom, next topic. But you realize for these people... Like, being on the radio is cool. People get done all the time and go, oh, that was so much fun. And I'm sure you get that when you're doing stories on people going, okay, hey, we got to get the story done. we got to have publication. You get done and that person goes, hey, this meant so much to me. This was one of the coolest things that has ever happened to me. Yeah, I I, I really believe that. And, and, and in fact, we were, doing, uh, we were doing the research to do somebody, and I, I won't name this individual right now, uh, who really is another one that's long overdue. And and one of the things that I heard him saying was it's, it meant this is going to mean so much to him because his mother is getting up in age. Right. And he wants her to be right. able to see this. Yeah. And so, uh, again, I think it is the power of print. I, I realize we live in a, in a world now where digital is it, it's not dominating uh, the medium, but um, it certainly is a part of it. But it's amazing to me how many how people still want something in print, and I think it validates, yeah. just like he, just like it validates them when they're on your yeah. radio show. Yeah, it validates that this is essentially news. Our guest is Rick Myers. He's the publisher of the Hendricks County uh, Icon, as well as the business leader. Um, Take us through your, your. This is really cool what you do. You, I, I use the term pluck. You pluck people from the community and go, can you write about this? Mm-hmm. And so, like, I've done some writing for you about local government. Our mm-hmm. friend Faith Tool does food work for you. Mm-hmm. That's really cool because you don't have a staff of writers. You just have a bunch of people that are kind of really interested in stuff and go, hey, why don't you take a crack at writing mm-hmm. about this? It's sort of like the community paper. Well, yeah, and I think it's it's the model that that I really want to continue to to utilize and it, it really goes back to my days at Thompson newspapers um, we actually had Thompson had a, a, a program called Thompson University and what they would do is they would go out and they would recruit people who let's say there was a postal worker who at the age of 55 retired always dreamed of being a reporter right so they'd find this person, they would train them the Thompson way, <laughs> and they would be amongst the best reporter in that staff amongst people who graduated from journalism school. So that's, and I think one of the, you know, uh, I think a talent that I, that I have is being able to find talent yeah. and, and pull out of them uh, certain things and challenge them and it's been fun for me to be able to do that but you're right i mean 
if you can have all these kinds of community type people involved in your product, it's 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 great for everybody. Uh, one of the things you you and well, let's talk about this real quick. Your wife is intricately involved in this with you, and that's got to be really special to know that you know the love of your life is also in the love of your business life. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. I mean, she's been a, a tremendous supporter. Uh, and I'll tell you this side sidebar, um, Rob. When I left the Flyer Group, we were two months into a new mortgage. <laughs> I had no job, and I came to her and I said, "You know, I I think I I think I need to do some things on my own." And here's what I'm thinking about. And she just looked at me and she said, "You know, we'll make this work." Yeah. Well, and and the great thing about Kathy is she loves going to all these the rotaries, the chambers, all these sort of things. She is so involved, and I couldn't think of a better person to be out there marketing the product. Yeah, absolutely. And again, I you know, and and the the whole idea of of this, I mean, I think quite honestly, there are other businesses she would probably rather be involved in. Um, she'd be the first to tell you she's not a word person she's she's uh she's uh she's the math person but uh, she she enjoys the social aspect of it and um and she enjoys certainly any success that comes from it uh, yeah she she's all for it one of the things you guys do very well and this is a skill i would never have is you guys are great at i say keeping the poker face like i know you have opinions on things but it never comes out uh, is there is that hard to do sometimes i mean where you especially from the political side of things things are going on in the county or different towns and you guys just pretty much cover them straight down the straight down the middle is it ever hard do you ever sit back and go man that is the dumbest thing i've ever seen and i've got to write a straightforward article about well, this well there's no question uh, there's times i i want to come unglued because I know that um, uh, things aren't going the way they should be going um, and and quite honestly Rob 25 years ago I would have not been able to hold that that this has developed over years and years of maturity um, you know one of the things that that you may not know about me was I worked for the late mayor Ted Johnson city of Carmel in the early 90s his first and only term as as uh, the press secretary for the city of Carmel. So I understand municipalities. I understand politics. Uh, I then, after that job, uh, launched a community relations position for Westfield Washington Schools. And what I found out was the school system was a heck of a lot more political than City <laughs> Hall could ever be. And and so, but I learned a lot of things in those two environments. And the one thing overriding that I learned was that I really wanted to get back into this business. Yeah, uh, I was really not made for that, um, and so um, here we are. Yeah, it's the thing I found being on town council after about a year and a half, and I, we got a whole lot done in the final two and a half years. But after about a year and a half, I'm a challenges person. I was like, okay, we've done this. It's on to the next thing. Mm-hmm. And I, you always strike me sort of a challenges guy too. Like, okay, we've done this. Let's take it to the next level. Let's let's find something else to make this product better. Well, yeah, and I think that's that's what makes um, life so much fun, and that's what helps you get up in the morning. Um, you know, I I grew up with my dad was a blue collar guy. He he uh, he got up at you know five five thirty in the morning. Sometimes didn't get home till uh, you know late at night. Uh, he was a truck driver. Uh, he did his job because he cared about my fam, my, our family. 
uh, he wasn't defined by it. But I told myself, you know, I respect what my dad's doing, but I want to find a line of work that I'm truly passionate about and, and that I want to get up for. Is there a difficulty with this because you are such a respected member of the community? Like, you go places like, hey, Rick's here. That's really cool. The icon, the business leader, they're going to be covering this. Guys like me, I get to go on all these crazy podcasts and have all these opinions and people expect me to say crazy things. Is, is that difficult that, hey, there is gravitas when you come to a place that you've got to be publisher guy and the decisions you make and things you put out, is it added, added pressure with that? I don't know. I guess I'm I'm who I am, and I guess uh, the more people get to know me, they see little other sides of me. You know, I, uh, I you know, there are things that I enjoy doing that we don't really talk about. A lot of people don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm very into sports. Very into I think. Well, you know this. Very into heavy metal music. Yeah. <laughs> I love music. Um, I hack around on a guitar, and and uh, but you know, there's really no pressure. I mean, it's it's a, it's really a, a part that I feel very comfortable in in uh, in in playing, if you will. I did want to ask you about that you actually moved into something I did want to talk to you about, which is the heavy metal music. People would see you and think, this dude? Heavy metal music? Mm-hmm. Like, how did that happen? Well, I just, um, you know, there was a time where I had a lot of long hair and, uh, you know, I, I grew up in a, in a, in a rough, semi-rough part of Indianapolis outside of Hallville. A lot of listeners will know about Hallville, uh, and and you know heavy metal was just something that it's just um, I, I don't know it's it's a kind of a primal thing. It's yeah. just the beat and 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 the and the and the rhythm and and all of that and 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 I just love it. You know, I just you, love it. So we've talked in the past. You know, I have this emotional connection with Bruce Springsteen. Do you get the emotional connection with heavy metal? Oh, absolutely. Really? Yeah, I've got bands that um, are very emotional. But you know, uh, Iron Maiden, Dio, Black Sabbath, Accept. Uh, now, just, do you still just, go to the concerts? Oh yeah, I'm playing. I, I I'm toying with going to see Black Sabbath next Friday night. Um, but I really want to go see Anthrax and Slayer on sep- in September. Um, now, so, does your wife, does she go with you? Uh, she thinks it's, it's lunacy. So, who, like, do you go by yourself? Well, I'll go by myself if I have to, but I've got, I've got, a, I've got a metal buddy. And uh, i got a couple metal buddies, This actually. is excellent. Yeah. See, this is probably people are hearing this going, you got to be kidding me. Yeah, and um, so, um, you know, I took my son four years ago to Iron Maiden. His first concert he saw. You like it? Oh, he loved it. He so loved is he is he transitioning into the? Cause oh, he's getting he, to that age now. Yeah, he, he's he's a senior in high school, and he's a, he he loves metal. Yeah. Okay. Uh, again, our guest is Rick Myers. He's the publisher of the Hendricks County Icon, as well as the business leader. Is there a story that stands out for you that you go, "I'm really glad we did that." You know, as you said, eleven years now you've been at this. Is, is there a story that you go, "That was really cool that we did that," and as I look back, I'm really proud of that one. Well, you know, I think the story really is, uh, as far as covers go, I mean, you've put me on the spot here, and I, I know... You can I'll, pick more than one. Yeah, I mean, I know I'll leave here and think, wow, um, we, didn't, we didn't talk about this one. Uh, let me just tell you a few little things here, if we've got some time. Yeah, sure. I think one of the most fun covers I ever did was with Teresa Ray. Because I walk in here, and a lot of times, you know, we do these photo shoots, and, and I'm an old photographer. That's how I cut my you teeth. Love, this, uh, you yeah. love photos. Yeah. So I, I come walking in, and I, and I go do these shoots often. And uh, 
no one's really prepared. They don't. They're not coming with to me with any ideas. Uh, Teresa must have been reading my mind because she had all of these all of these dollar bills, and she wanted to, you right. know. I mean, it was just an unbelievable. I had so much fun with that shoot. And then I think back to when we launched this product. Um, and we, we did a cover on this young man who, who had this IT business in Plainfield. And, and I remember uh, seeing the cover for the first time. And it just beat my expectation. I mean, I literally, Rob, almost fell out of the chair when I saw it on the computer. It was like, whoa. And then just after it coming out, having a lot of stakeholders in the community call me and congratulate me and say, you know, Rick, thanks for doing this for business. And, and again, that's, that's why I do it. I mean, yes, it's, a, it's, a, it's an economy for me, but really I just enjoy sharing these stories about local business. I uh, the two books that I did uh, the best part about I think I wrote the books to do the covers mm-hmm. I love the covers it, do you sort of in some level as you said it's a job but some level do the magazine to do the covers because the covers are great oh it's um, it's really uh, one of the most essential um, exercises that we do if we have a poor cover um, and I'll tell you there have been times I haven't seen it we may be a day or two out from shipping off and I we've we've pulled it. Yeah. We've completely redesigned. Uh, now, do we get it right all the time? Um, maybe not, but more times than not, I believe we do a very good job with, with the cover. So it's extremely important to me. What's next for you guys? How do you improve this great product? Well, I mean, I think, um, I, I think we need to, and I've been pulled into this kicking and screaming, we, we need to get a little more into the digital portion of this uh, we have to a degree but we're still not where we need to be we need to figure out how how we're going to cover breaking news and and we need to use that platform for it um do you like twitter facebook i, I honestly no um I, I always tell people i'm i'm old enough that i could have lived my whole life without this stuff but i'm young enough to see all the potential with it I, I definitely Twitter's not my scene. Uh, Facebook, I, I I see some value in that, um, uh, and we utilize Facebook certainly more than we do Twitter. But we need to rethink all of that digital stuff. I think, and then I think, uh, Rob, what I want to do is just just really really try to focus and make these products the best they can be. Uh, from a content standpoint, and like I said, you know, we've got some some new folks that uh, are, are going to start covering uh, uh, government and school boards and in, in the county, and and I'm very excited about that. That's that's yet one next the, the next stage for us, right? And and, uh, and I think as we do at the end of every year, we just kind of look back and what did we do right, what did we do wrong, and how can we improve? Who is your media hero like or do you have one like somebody that you were like that person is the guy that i always wanted to be that that person really inspired me is there somebody in the print industry that you said that's the dude uh that i want to be well as i told you i worked at the indianapolis star i was fortunate enough to work in star sports in a very peon job and i think the world of robin miller and i'll tell you if you got time a a brief story about robin 
everybody knew I wanted to be a photographer. And um, when the Colts came here in 1984, I'm working in my little peon job in Star Sports, and they find out that uh, then Coach Frank Cush and I think Jimmy Ursay were en route to Indianapolis to visit the Hoosier Dome. They're trying to find a photographer. They can't find a photographer. And Robin looks over at me and he says, Son, he says, you want to be a photographer. Now's your chance. Get to the airport now. I'm like, wow. I get in my car. I get all the way to the airport and uh, shoot this photograph of Frank Cush. Come back. It's on page one of the star the next day. Uh, But I was so excited that I didn't have gas to get back. (laughs) So, fortunately, a reporter was there, and he brought me back. Robin takes me back out that night. I have no money. Robin drives me back out, and he says, "Um, Son, what would you learn today or tonight? And I talked, and he said, and I told him, I said, Hey, Robin, I said, I don't have any. He said, he gives me a 20. He says, Son, just keep it. Don't worry about it. Robin, I always felt, and I'm not saying we're close friends, and I see Robin now and then when I go to IndyCar races. Um, but he was this guy that just was full. He's he's full of life. He loves the business. It's sad that he's not at the Indianapolis Star. Um, but he was just one of these guys that I just always uh, admired um, in the business here locally. I really don't have any people that I admire nationally. Uh, but he's a guy that I always felt was was always trying to help me in my career. And I think you touched on a good point about not having someone you admire nationally. And, and I think that's a good thing because, um, in a strange way, you know, the only difference between you and a national publisher is they're at a national company and you're doing great work in, in Hendricks County. And well, I saw on, on some level, you know, you got to look at those people as your, your peers, not somebody you would admire. So it's great that the person that you have this great story about is a local guy that had some personal impact with you. Right. Yeah. Rick, thank you so much for telling us a little bit about publishing and uh, the icon and, and the business leader. They're awesome. And uh, thanks for all you do for Hendricks County. My pleasure, Ron. Thank you. You've been listening to Central Indiana Today with your host, Shane Ray. 